0: have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter number 26, Matthew chapter number 26. We, last week we discussed the, the failure and the fall of the apostle Peter. And today we're going to talk about Judas. Now I apologize to all the fathers that we are dealing with Judas on father's day, but if the shoe fits Cinderella, wear it. Amen. No, no, I'm kidding. We, we, this is just where we're at uh, in Matthew, we've been going through the book of Matthew, and uh, this is this is such an intriguing story, an intriguing story. When you when you pair up and you put together Peter and Judas, there are so many similarities to them. I mean, completely the same, and the only difference is the outcome. And we're going to talk about that today. All right. If you're in Matthew chapter number 26 and verse number, let's, let's start in verse number 14, 14. Now guys, we're going to do 47, brother Dustin, I didn't send this to y'all, but we're going to do 47 through 52. All right. Uh, uh, verse, verse chapter 26 and verse number 14. If you're there, say Amen. Then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, this is right after Jesus got on to them for criticizing the woman for anointing him. Y'all remember that several months ago. They, they, she came and brought the alabaster box. She poured this on and, 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 and Judas started, a, started a, a revolt, if you will. He said, why was this waste made? Y'all, how many of y'all remember that? All right. This is right after that, right after Jesus got on to him, says, then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto them, what will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Look in verse number 47. Verse 47, just flip your page to 47. they They're in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus has been praying. And the Bible says, and while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the 12 came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, whomsoever I shall kiss that same as he hold him fast. And forwith he came to Jesus and said, hail master and kissed him. Now the way that's worded, it, it seems like he just went and put a peck on his cheek, but that's not what the, that's not what the Greek word defines. It means he just, just kissed him all over. In other words, Judas put on a show. Are y'all with me? He was putting on the dog. Verse 50. And Jesus said unto him, "Friend, wherefore art thou come?" Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Now skip over to chapter twenty-seven. We'll just read a couple of verses and we'll pray. Chapter twenty-seven in verse number three. They've arrested Jesus. They've taken him in. They've pronounced him guilty uh, in this mock, uh, illegal trial at the high priest's residence. Now they have to take him to. Pilate because they did not have the authority to execute Jesus. So they had to go to the Romans and it says in verse three, then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? He said, they, 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 what, what that means is that's not our problem. That's not our problem. You see the, to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said it is not lawful for to, to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. Imagine that. How, how, how hypocritical is that? They took it out of the treasury to pay him to lie about Jesus. But they're too religious to put it back in. That's the epitome of hypocrisy. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all the people that's here today. Wonderful crowd on a Father's Day Sunday morning. Lord, I'm so thankful for everybody that came to hear your word, and I pray they will not leave disappointed. Lord, help us to receive something that's going to help us, help us to learn and to grow and to develop and to be more like you every single day. God, I pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't, and don't let me forget anything I should. And God will praise you and thank you and give you the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. By way of introduction, by way of introduction, I want to kind of compare just a little bit the Apostle Peter and This one, we know as the traitor, the betrayer, Judas Iscariot. Both of them were called by God to follow Jesus. Both of them followed Jesus. Both of them had the privilege and the honor of being under the the discipleship and the leadership of and the teaching of Jesus Christ. No greater privilege that any human being has ever known to be taught specifically, personally by the Lord Jesus Christ. Both of them went out preaching. Both of them uh, cast out demons. Think about that a minute. Both of them served and probably healed people. Both of them was there uh, uh, in ministering to Christ, sitting under Christ. Both of them failed. Both of them betrayed Jesus. Peter denied him three times. We, we covered that last week. We're not going to rehash that. But you remember that, that he, he told people cursing, making an oath, promising. I don't know the man. Denied Jesus three times to three different people in a short amount of time. They both denied him. They both betrayed him. Listen, both of them was influenced by Satan at one point when Peter tried to re- refuse and re- restrain Jesus from going back to Jerusalem, he said, we're not, not going to let you die. And what did, what, did, what, did, what did Jesus say to Peter? Get thee behind me. So we know Satan was influencing Peter's words. And we know that Satan was influencing uh, Judas Iscariot, even to the point of entering him and filling him. But listen, what we do find different what we do find different in all of the similarities and all of the things they had the same, their end was drastically different. One and one of them ended up being crucified upside down because he felt like he was not even worthy to be crucified in the same way as his Lord. And he died and went to heaven. But the other, the other. He hung himself, we know the story we'll get into that more in detail, and he died and went to hell. Now, what in the world was the difference in between these two men? How could one how could they live almost identical lives and and have almost identical experiences and have almost identical things take place in their life, have the identical training, identical teaching, everything? the privilege and the honor and end up so different. Well, as we talk and we lead through this, I want to, I want to help you understand some things about Judas that you may not realize and see. So number one, number one, if you're taking notes and by the way, by the way, before we begin, what is the title? What is the title? If you'll look at your notes, what is the title? Say it again. Regret is not repentance. And that is going to be the main thought. We, we're going to learn all about Judas. We're going to talk and, and go into detail about the main body of verses that describe Judas. But that is the point. That is what everybody needs to understand today. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Number one, I want you to see his character. His character. What kind of character did Judas have? First of all, he was a devil. Write that down. The Bible says in John chapter number six, verse 70, it says, Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12 and one of you is a, he spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon for it. It was he that should betray him being one of the 12. Now the word devil, he is not saying he's literally a spirit being the word devil in your Webster's dictionary means a very wicked person, a very wicked person. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, everybody, you need to you need to really focus in on this. When do you remember when, when Jesus told them in the upper room, we've covered this a thousand times, Jesus, he addressed them in the upper room to all of the disciples. And they said, they, he said, one of you is going to betray me. How many of y'all remember us talking about that? One of you is going to betray me. And they all with one accord. Is it I, is it I, is it I, nobody suspected Judas. Nobody did. Matter of fact, they had so much respect for Judas and they thought so much of Judas that they let him be the treasurer. He held the bag. He was the treasurer of the group. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But according to Jesus, he was a wicked man. He was a devil. He was evil. He was very wicked. What's the point? The point is this, you can look real religious, but be wicked as a devil on the inside. How many of y'all know, and you've seen this before, looks can be deceiving. Be careful who you're looking at and wanting to be like in this house. You may not know the real deal. Matter of fact, even when Jesus really, I mean, he all but pointed Judas out. And he said, what thou doest do quickly in the upper room. And he left to go betray him. And everybody thought he was going to get groceries or something. That's how deceptive he was. But Jesus says he was a devil. Not only that, but this is going to really be telling. in what the, 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 the main body, the main point is in the second point. But that you need to get this. He was not only a devil, a very wicked person, evil, but he was a thief. Write that down. He was a thief. John 12, verse four. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a and he had the bag. In other words, he was the treasure and he bare what was put in. This was at the point. When when uh, she brought that she brought that ointment, she brought that very costly perfume and put it on Jesus. And Jesus said she did this toward my burial and he didn't like it. He got upset. Now, we know all the disciples criticized her, but Judas is the one started it. Judas started the whole deal. He said, why did she throw this away? What a waste. What a waste. We should have sold it and given it to the poor. And Jesus said, he didn't care nothing about the poor. He wanted the money put in the the bag. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He was a thief at heart. He wanted power. He wanted power. He wanted money. What is the root of all evil? The love of money. Don't get that. Don't get that mixed up. Some of the some of the most uh holy people in the Bible were some of the most wealthy people in the Bible. Money, money is not evil in itself. Money is neutral. But when you crave it, that's what's evil. Say amen. Now look at point number two. We see his crime. We see his character. He's very deceptive. He's very deceptive. He had everybody fooled. He had everybody tri- well, I say everybody, everybody but the Lord Jesus. Now look at point number two. We see his crime. First of all, write this down. And this is, this is something that's going to stand out. I really need you to get. What, what was his crime, preacher? First of all, rejection. Write that down. Rejection. It says in, 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 uh, back in chapter 26, after Jesus got on to him, after Jesus got on to him and said, Leave her alone, leave this woman alone. She's done a good work. It says in verse 14, then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? He he connived to betray Jesus in that very hour. Now watch this, watch this. Rejection. What is he rejecting? What is he rejecting? And I put in the notes, I put in the notes, look here. He was rejecting who Jesus really was. Now this is important. This is important. I promise you, I promise you I'm going somewhere. He was rejecting who Jesus really was. Now why is that important? What do you mean by he's rejecting who he really was? When this whole thing started, How many of y'all remember a wild eyed Baptist preacher who came out in the wilderness, weathering a leather girdle, eating locusts and wild honey, preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How many of y'all remember that? That was, that was John Baptist. John Baptist was a forerunner. He said, I'm not worthy to latch his shoe. I'm not him, but he's coming right after me. He's going to baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Say amen. And they're preaching. What are they preaching? The message of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom. What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is the literal, physical kingdom here on this earth. A Jewish rule, a Jewish kingdom with a Jewish king. Are y'all with me? Say amen. From the very beginning, all the way back, if we go back to David, God promised David, there's going to be somebody that's going to be from your lineage that's going to sit on this throne forever and ever and ever. In other words, God promised the Jews, I'm going to send a king. I'm going to send a Messiah. I'm going to send a savior. I'm going to send somebody that's going to come and he's going to conquer and he's going to rule and he's going to deliver the people. Now, keep in mind, they're under the the bondage of uh, what city? Rome. Are y'all with me? Rome has had them in bondage. Rome has had them under rule in a cruel rule at that. And every one of the Jews are looking for their Messiah. They're looking for their King. They're looking for somebody to come deliver them and get Rome off their backs. And all would the Messiah come. Guess what? John the Baptist said, I'm the forerunner. He is here. He is here. He is here. The Messiah is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. When, when John was killed and he was executed, Jesus stepped right into his shoes, preaching the same message, preaching the same thing. The kingdom of heaven is here. And they were telling everybody, the King is here. And what did he tell the disciples? What did he tell the disciples? All of them. He said, I'm the King. And, and you're going to sit on thrones, 12 thrones, ruling the tribes of Israel with me. How many of y'all remember that? And you know what? At that time, Judas's eyes got that big around. I'm going to be a king. So what was Judas in this deal for? Power. He was following Jesus, not because he was holy, not because he was God's son, not because he was who he said he was. It was because he was looking for power. He's seen an opportunity in Jesus. He seen the power that Jesus had. He saw the ability Jesus had. He saw the things that Jesus could do. Man, I'm telling you what, if a man could make a leg grow back, if a man could open the blinded eyes, if a man could feed thousands with one lad's lunch, if a man could walk on water, if a man could calm the stormy sea with just his word, can you imagine what he can do to them stinking Romans? He's following him for the power, for the opportunity. He is seeing dollar signs because truly in his nature, he is really a thief. thief. Y'all seeing where it's starting to fall now. But guess what? After three years of following this man, after three years of being told he's going to get to rule and reign, that he's going to get to sit on a throne. After three years of being told you're going to rule with me. Now Jesus is talking about dying. Y'all remember? He tells them, he said, now I'm going I'm to die. They're going to kill me. Matter of fact, matter of fact, you remember what, what, what we just read last week? They, they're going to smite the shepherd and the sheep are going to. Wait a minute. You're supposed to be a king. We're, we're supposed to rule and reign with you. Now you're going to die and leave us. Do y'all see what's going on in Judas's head right now? Now Judas is panicking. I've done wasted three years of my life following this. He's not, he's not who I thought he was. So now Judas, he's trying to get all the money he can. That is why he got mad at this woman for wasting the perfume when he could have sold it and had more money in the. What did he do when he went to the. What did he do when he went to the high priest? He said what will you. Y'all see where this is going. You know why. Because when Jesus revealed to them. That he was the lamb of God. That would die on a cross as a substitutionary death. Uh, payment for the debt of sin when Jesus revealed who he really was, that he would not set up his kingdom right away, but he would come and die and be the propitiation for the sins of the whole world. He said, I'm not about all that because Jesus wasn't who he thought he was. Now, now, now preacher, why, why, why is that such a big deal? Why is that such a big deal? Let me show you. If you'll look in the verse I put right below that. Paul is speaking of the, Paul is speaking of the, the, the Jewish people. And he says in Romans 1 through three, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be (coughs) all right. If he's praying for somebody to be saved, what does that mean? They are. They're lost. Okay. Watch this. For I bear them record. He said, this is the problem. They have a, zeal. they have a zeal of God. They're very religious. They're very religious, but not according to, in other words, not according to reality. They're very religious, but not equi- They are zealous about who they think God is, who they've created God to be. Do y'all see this? Now watch this. Watch this. It says this, he, excuse me, back up verse three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, they go about to establish their and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now, what does that mean? It means that they're very religious, but not according to the God of the Bible. They've created their own set of rules. They've created their own religion. And they are very religious, but with their own religion. Does this make sense? Amen. Now, what does that have to do with us today? What does that have to do with us today? Because people, how do you have, how do you have, I saw a picture the other day on the news. I saw a picture the other day on the news of a certain denomination, a priest standing there marrying two men. Amen. How is that possible? How in the world can you take this Bible and even remotely think that that would be okay? I'll tell you how. They've created their own religion and they are worshiping a God that's not the God of the Bible. They're following their own way. In other words, they've decided how they want to live and they've created a God that's okay with their lifestyle. Now, I'm going to say this. Now, I'm going to say this. It's easy for us to shout and say amen to those type people. But I want to ask you a question. Are you following the Jesus of the Bible? I know you say you love Jesus, but do you love the Jesus of the Bible? Do you love the Jesus who said, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me? Do you love the same Jesus who said, If somebody asks you to walk a mile, you walk two with them? Listen, if Jesus, do you love the same Jesus who said that love your enemies? And pray for those who despitefully use you. Thank you, brother. I needed that. Amen. Is that the Jesus that you're worshiping? Man, it got quiet all of a sudden. Where's all the shouts? Hey, hey, man. Listen, when we talk about, when we talk about the worldly crowd, y'all all about it. But when we get. Are you following the Jesus of the Bible? Because if you are, if you are, it's going to change your whole life. Yeah. Judas, for three years, followed a Jesus who he thought would get him power and wealth. And when all of a sudden he realized that this is not going to happen, he rejected He rejected the Jesus of the Bible. Now, I'm probably spending too much time on this point, but I can't help. I can't leave it. There are people, there are people because of false teachers and false preachers who are promoting a Jesus of prosperity, health and wealth. And they're advertising and they're promoting that if you'll follow Jesus, you'll have a new BMW and you'll get a new house and you'll get a new job and you'll have every, everybody's going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And so people jump in with both feet and say, yes, we want that. We want our best life now, but that's not the Jesus of the Bible. How many of y'all, how many of y'all would agree with me? How many of y'all would agree with me? That the disciples were pretty, pretty cool cats. How many of y'all would agree with me that the disciples were pretty tight with the Lord? And if this health, wealth, and prosperity, God, and Christ was who, what the real deal was, then if there was anybody that would live healthy, wealthy, and wise, and live to a a ripe old age and everything, and have everything great happen to them, it would be the disciples. How many of y'all would agree with that? Has anybody ever looked up? And study how all the disciples died—gruesome, beat to death with clubs, sawed in half, boiled in oil, skinned alive, heads cut off, crucified upside down, given poison. Are y'all with me? There's a Jesus being promoted in the day we're living in. It's not the Jesus. Of the Bible. Say what was Judas's crime? He rejected the real Jesus. Not the Jesus he thought he was. Are we all on the same page? Watch the next part. This is even more. This is even more of a situation. What was the first word? A. What was A? Everybody say it. Rejection. Rejection. Does everybody know what that point now? He rejected who the real Jesus was. B. Regret. Regret. Now, if you'll look at the two, <clears throat> the two words here I put in your in your notes. Meta meloma. is the word. Is the Greek word regret. It says in chapter twenty seven. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. Now, it's not the word repent that we use when we would say, when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, and they said, what must we do? And he said, repent and be converted, right? Repent, repent. That's not the same word. This word means regret. It means to care afterwards. In other words, it bothered him He had extreme guilt over what he did. If that makes sense, say amen. But the word repent that brought salvation is the word metanoe. Metanoe means to think differently. It means to change your mind. It means to reconsider a changed mind. Now, what do we see in 2 Corinthians 7, 10? For godly sorrow worketh repentance to. Come on, everybody. Come on. Come on. Look at it. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. And not to be repented of or not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world worketh what? Now watch this. We have two men. We have two men. Both of them betrayed Jesus, right? Both of them just failed drastically, terribly, horribly. One of them had godly sorrow And the other had worldly sorrow, or we could use the word regret. One of them was broken. What did did the Bible say after Peter denied the Lord the third time? He went out and wept bitterly. You remember what we said? That means he cried to the point he had no more tears to cry. He wept bitterly. He was broken. He was sorrowful. He was grieving over his sin. And we know, we know that, that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that, that Peter was one of the first ones that Jesus met with. And this was a private meeting. Now that was what you would really call a come to Jesus meeting. Are y'all with me? And I imagine there was a whole lot of confessing and a whole lot of apologies and a whole lot of I'm sorry. I'm broken. A whole lot of getting right with Jesus. Say amen. amen. There was a whole lot of what's the word we want to use? Repenting. Yeah. Say it with me. Repent. But that's not what we see with Judas. With Judas, we find guilt, overwhelming guilt. He is he is eating alive. It being eaten alive with the his guilt. And remorse and regret. Listen, even sinners have a conscience, y'all. Amen. Even lost sinners have a conscience. And having a conscience doesn't mean you're saved. Being sorry for what you did is not salvation. One experience repentance, and the other experience regret. Now, what's the difference? The Bible says repentance leads to what? Salvation. Say it with me. Repentance leads to? Salvation. Now, regret, in other words, God or worldly sorrow, leads to what? What happened to Judas? He hung himself. Now, what's the difference? What's the difference? Now, when you repent, do you feel bad? When you repent, you're sorry. Godly. Sorry. Come on, y'all, a little slow. <laughs> y'all ready? Godly. Sorry. All right, but then you have worldly. Sorry. Sorrow. Yes. Okay, so in both situations, you feel bad. Has yeah. yes. anybody ever sorrowed before? I'm wondering if y'all are, are y'all saved? <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all remember what you felt like before you got saved? No. You felt like you were lowered in a snake in a wagon track. You felt like you were the worst human being on this planet. You knew standing before God how holy He was and how wicked you were. And you come and you were sorry and broken. So you feel bad and you repent. Over here, you feel bad, that worldly sorrow, and you experience what? Regret. 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 Now, what's the difference? What's the difference? They look so much the same. If you look at Peter, he's weeping bitterly. If you look at Judas, he's probably weeping too. And they look the same. What's the difference? Repentance causes a change. Repentance means a change of mind. You say a preacher, it just means change your mind. Yes, but if you change your mind, you're going to change your life. You're going to change your behavior. You're going to change your actions. You're going to change your wants and your wishes and your desires. Are y'all with me? Yeah. If your sorrow, if your sorrow and your grief has called you to change, that's repentance. So how do you know Peter changed? Because in just a few days, he preached on the day of Pentecost and saw thousands saved. He was responsible for bringing salvation to the Jews in Acts 2 and to the Samaritans in Acts 8 and to the Gentiles in Acts 10. I think he changed. You don't think he changed in one moment in that night, he denied the Lord three times. Are y'all with me? And then when they arrested him after that and beat him and John, they were rejoicing that they could suffer for Jesus's name. And they said, don't preach in this name anymore. And they said, there is no other name under heaven by whereby we must be saved, but by Jesus. He, he's got, Peter goes from saying, I don't know the man. Two, there ain't nobody else gonna save you but this man. Can we all agree he? Are we together? That's repentance. But Judas didn't. He was sorry. He felt an incredible, can you imagine the guilt If I argue with Tammy and leave without apologizing, I feel guilty. She don't, but I do. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Is she over there? Hopefully she's in that second service. Amen. Can you imagine the guilt you're going to feel by betraying the son of God after you've seen him do Miracle! There were so many things that Jesus did. The books of this world could not contain him. That's what Judas saw. And yet he's still, can you imagine that guilt? But look at C, what was a, what was a rejection? What was B look at C response? What did he do? We, we, we know what, we know what Peter did, right? We, we can record his life and we saw, saw the change in his life and the difference in his life and how he went on and God used him greatly. How many of y'all, how many of y'all are glad God uses broken people? Yeah. How many of y'all are glad God uses people that's failed big time? Yeah. Man, that's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. But then you look over here. What did Judas do? He goes back to the temple. Here's everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. I don't know. We're, I'm, 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 we're about done. Judas goes back. To the temple. <laughs> now, see, think about this: the the temple priests are as corrupt as Judas is. What do you mean they're they're corrupt? They, <laughs> I, I don't even know if y'all can see the irony in this. They took out of the temple money to pay a man to lie and bring and cause the death of an innocent man. They even called it themselves. This is blood money. Uh Well, they paid it. Out of the treasury. But then they were too spiritual to put it back. Can anybody see this? How crazy. But watch this. Judas is... He is so under the burden of guilt. It is eating him alive and he's overwhelmed with guilt. So what does he do? He comes and says, here, take this back. This This was, he was innocent. He didn't say he was truly the son of God like Peter did. He didn't believe that. But he did know I never saw him do anything wrong. Are y'all with me? And they said, hey, this is your business. This is your problem. How callous. Hey, by the way, that's what legalistic people will do for you. They'll use you for what they can get out of you. And when, you, when they don't need you anymore, they done with you. And y'all know what happened. He threw the, he threw the, what was he doing? This is what I believe he was doing. He was trying to ease his conscience. Let me tell you, that's not repentance. I have seen people, I've seen people do other people wrong and then do stuff to try to ease their conscience about it. But that's not repentance. That's not godly sorrow. That's not godly sorrow. If he had godly sorrow... He had to run them down to tell them, this man is innocent. He is the Son of God. He is, listen, you need to listen to him. He didn't do that. He didn't try to rescue Jesus. He didn't go to the defense of Jesus. He just said what he did. All he did was try to ease his his conscience. Preacher, what are you saying? what I'm trying to get everybody to understand, I think the main point of this whole message in what God is trying to tell you, just because you feel bad doesn't mean you repented. You can be broken, you can be sorrowful, you can weep for a week. But if it doesn't change your life, if you don't come to God for forgiveness and change your mind, Which changes your ways. You need need to check up. Well preacher I go to church. Judas followed Jesus three years. Judas preached sermons. He cast out devils. And he healed people. Yet he went to hell. Let me tell you why. Regret is not repentance. Look at number three. Number three. What was number one? Come on, everybody. Number one. Number two. Look at number three. His condemnation. Write this down. We see his death. Really, write the other one down and we'll talk about it. A, we see his death. Then B, we see his destiny. One is physical, the other spiritual. Look at the physical end to his life. Matthew 27, verse five. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and... And Acts 1, 18... Now this man purchased a field with a reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. Can anybody tell me a more gruesome way to die? Either the rope broke or the branch broke. Something took place in the hanging where he fell down along a cliff and burst himself on the rocks. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Godly sorrow ends up in salvation in a changed life. Worldly sorrow, which we could call what? Everybody say it. We could call it leads to death. He hung himself. Maybe he's still trying to make up for what he did. Researchers will tell you that sometimes when people commit suicide, they're trying to make themselves pay for a wrong they feel like they've committed. Everybody look at me for just a minute because this is a big time point right here. He gave back the 30 pieces of silver trying to make up for his wrong. He went and hung himself trying to make up for his wrong. Everybody look at me. There is nothing you can do to make up for your wrong. What can you do? You can do like Peter did. What did he do? Have a come to Jesus meeting. the only person who can fix what you have done is who peter said in acts there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved but jesus Amen. everybody look at me look at me look at me everybody look at me up on up on the shelf everywhere Some of y'all are coming to church to ease your conscience. Some of y'all are being convicted over your sin and you're feeling sorrow. You're feeling a conscience. You think, if I just go to church, that'll make up for... You can go to church till you die and still go to hell like Judas did. Oh, but preacher, I'll volunteer. I'll work on that deal. I'll work at the widow's houses. I will work extra hours. I'll get involved in the ministry. I have seen people do this. I have seen people come to church all the time and try to do, 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 to try to make up and ease their... I got a better way for you. Weep your way down to this altar and let Jesus take it away. Amen. Quit trying to earn something you can't. You cannot earn forgiveness. You cannot buy forgiveness. But you can receive it. Boy, I hope you're, I hope I'm making this clear. You mean to tell me Judas could How many opportunities do you realize? Do you realize? I I, I don't know why this, this, I didn't put this in the notes. The very night, the very night that Judas betrayed him, what did Jesus do for Judas? He washed his feet. He served and loved on Judas even to the very last moment. I wonder why. I wonder why Jesus said, hey, one of you guys is going to betray me. I got to think. I really got to think, guys. Jesus was giving Judas one more chance. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Judas when he heard that? He knows. He was so corrupt and he was so power hungry. He had a love for money that was so powerful that even when he knew, he knew, he still rejected him. And guess what? You know what his destiny was? The Bible says he went to his own place. You know what that means? There was a special place in hell. Just for Judas. Judas. You know what Jesus said about him? He said, I'm going to tell you this. One of y'all going to betray me. One of y'all going to betray me. And then he said this. It would have been better for that man. If he had never been. And you know what? All of that could have changed if he would have what? Repented. I want to ask you a question today. In your life, have you just regretted or have you repented? Do you just feel bad about your failures and your sin and the deeds of your life? Or have you come to Christ like Jesus and Peter had that meeting? And Jesus changed Peter. Peter went from an arrogant, full of himself, self-righteous, fearful denier to a servant who was willing to be beaten to defend the name of Christ. I'll tell you the difference because Peter repented. He's in heaven because Judas only regretted he's in hell. The choice is yours. The choice is yours? Are you following the Jesus of the Bible? I'm not asking you if you're religious. I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm not asking if you give a lot of money. I'm not asking if you do good deeds. I'm saying, have you repented and are following the Jesus of the Bible? And all God's people say it.